Dress Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, and welcome to another edition of the Rough Drafts Guest Alliance podcast. We are here to talk about Group C. This is a group that's nearer and dearer to my heart, I think, than Walter's, just because I have this love for the LMS that can be considered irrational at times. I am aware of this. But we have two teams at two and one got two teams at one and two and we've only got two spots to get out h2k is the last hope of europe to actually make it out of a group and that alone will be fun to watch as walter prays at the church of god given for a miracle and i am joined by walter cities fedchuk to hear those prayers and share them with you over the airwaves so how you doing walter it's it's not a miracle for them to get out. I, I it's incredibly unlikely they get out. I just want to have like a a defining forgiven on the international stage game where we can look back and everyone can be like, well, yeah, forgiven actually like showed up to a tournament on the main stage and actually looked really really good. So that's what I want. I want to see like him and Vander actually be able to duel deft. And uh, and Mako without giving up first blood and so, just see see yeah. what happens. So you want him to not lose lane right away, and you want him to not fail flash in the Baron pit, and and have the ego wrong so that he just dies, is what you're saying. You're saying you'd like to avoid those things moving forward. I believe that's what I'm hearing, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, like. Moving on. Okay, fine. Moving on. We'll, we'll continue with the alternate reality, which that didn't happen. Uh, speaking of alternate realities in which things didn't happen, uh, EDG versus INTZ. I get the feeling that the reality in which INTZ beat EDG is one that we all just collectively dreamed one day and is not very likely to happen again. That was that was definitely we were all in the Matrix and, <laughs> um, and Revolta and Yang weren't. They'd broken out. Yeah, so... Uh... It, and, and now they're back in, so... Yeah, I was going to say, you know, every time they break their way out, we pull them back in. And by we, I mean reality. I, I don't... I mean, it's it's hard. Um, because I is love... Is anything really reality? <laughs> is this real life? Real? Is this just fantasy? I Look, I, I like INTZ in theory. I think that of some of the wildcard teams we've seen in the past, you know, especially some of the Brazilian teams, I think they bring a good sense of macro play, they tend to know what to do when they actually have the opportunity to get objectives. The problem is that after this EDG game where they accepted, like, we're super underdogs, we have to go aggressive, we have to strike first and strike often, then against H2K and AHQ, there was just none of that. 
And I don't know if that was just their plan and they were like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to play it safe and we're going to play for the late game because that's when we're at our best. Because if that's the case, you're wrong, INTZ. Like that's, you can do that against Brazilian competition. You can even do it against wildcard competition, though I will mention you were one game away from not making it to this tournament had Leon Gaming just closed things out when they had a 2-1 lead. So maybe, just maybe, you should start playing like underdogs, which is something that Pain Gaming understood very well. It's something that Kaboom understood really well. Does it mean that you're probably not going to win? Yeah, high-risk, high-reward strategies are just that, and teams are likely to understand how to play against it. But it gives you a chance, and I just felt like last week, after that EDG game, they stopped giving themselves chances. Yeah, I mean, you 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 give them pretty high praises for for a team that's not even the best wild card at this tournament. So, uh, I don't think their macro play was that is that much further above other Brazilian teams that have come through. I think their one issue is that the talent isn't quite there no. at three of the positions. I I don't think Talkers or Jockster or uh, Macau. The cow. Look, I don't cow, think. Look, he dies so often you don't see his name very much. Yeah, I mean, like in, in I don't defense. <laughs> I, I don't think they fit in very well in this tournament. Revolt and Yang, I think, are, are ballers. I think they they can step up and they can you know go one on one with quite quite a number of people that are at this tournament in this position. But the other three positions are just incredibly weak. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess you could say the th- same thing about Albus Knox when you look at him and you go, well, this shouldn't work either, but. Somehow it is. I think their macro play is much, much well, better than Well, here's the thing, and this is exactly why I bring up this point of taking risks. Albus Knox has won all of their games because they take risks, because they do things like try to sneak Baron around the 20-minute mark. Like, that's how you do this. You pull off crazy high-risk plays like yeah. that, and then suddenly you're ahead, and then suddenly you're playing with a lead, and that is a lot easier than trying to come back from behind Absolutely. because you gave up towers, because you gave up resources. And the problem with INTZ is they're just not good enough, especially Macau. I, I, I think that he's a real liability. Uh, uh, EDG is not going to have any problem against these these guys, mostly because I don't think EDG wants to read the Chinese message boards and be like, wait, <laughs> they get you get 2 owed by INTZ. Yeah, you got 2 owed by Brazil. Don't come home. Like, just don't. We're, we're done. We don't care if you then go on to make it to the finals of Worlds. You got 2 owed by Brazil. So I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, a world championship would change things. I'm pretty sure if they came home with a with with you know the the Summoners Cup, all the Chinese fans would be like, "Yeah, okay, Brazil, whatever." Like, yeah, Bra- okay. Brazil official runner-ups. That would be yeah. the way they do it. But where do you think the line is, Walter? Where do you think the the gamblers? So see this? the first time around, this was at like minus ten thousand. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna split it in half. I'm gonna go up minus five thousand. I think that's pretty pretty good spot. Yeah. Well, you said already that. Uh, you think I overestimated INTZ. Yeah. Um, it would appear I did, because I cut it to 2,500. It is actually minus 5,000. You hit that one exactly. Um, there we go. So there you go. There, you go. there are no bonus points for hitting it exactly, unfortunately. But you did hit it exactly. It's pride. It's yeah. pride that I know better than you. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Should I bring up the score right now? Is, is that, uh, it's is that the path you want to go down? It's yeah. 1917. So That's right, what the score is right so now. I know I know slightly better than you for now. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I've I've looked at the rest of these already. <laughs> HQ versus H two K. I see. This is this is the ultimate matchup of 
Uh, last time on our on on the live show, you said, and I quote, "I have nothing positive to say about HQ." Does that mean that you think H2K is taking this game? Oh hell no! Not a chance. <laughs> you you misinterpret when I say I have nothing positive to say about them. It means I have my expectations of what HQ are supposed to be. I have my expectations of what H2K are supposed to be. H2K have failed to reach those expectations. AHQ are at those expectations. They've done nothing to like elevate them and me to go, oh, wow, this is more than I expected. Like, oh, wow, AHQ is doing better than I expected. No, they are literally hitting the bar that I set for them. And okay, fine, whatever. They haven't done anything to like wow me for me to go, wow, I should really pay attention to the LMS and not say they're a wild card region anymore. I mean, I think Ziv's made a lot of really nice plays consistently. And the Jace 1v2 is the one that everyone will point to, but he has been making some monster plays in all three of their games, even the game against EDG, which didn't end up going their way. But the reason it was even as long as it was is because they were making plays for him in the top lane and really getting a lead in that area. He's been someone they've consistently been able to play around and is probably one of the best three uh, top laners at this tournament. I would say undoubtedly. Uh, I'm going to say probably for the sake of people like Walter who who aren't as willing to give uh, to give credit in that regard. Mountain is a concern, I would say. Uh, he, he played really well on the Nidalee in a way that makes no sense to me against INTZ because... It's something that he hadn't pulled out before and had any success on. Maybe he'll continue to have success on it. Who knows? The fact that he's at least trying is a positive sign. I think uh, we're not going to see any more of Chawi. I think he had a shot, and I don't think he did well enough against EDG. So I think we'll be seeing Westor, which means, you know, if you let a roaming champion through, Westor is going to take advantage of it. Uh, I'm still waiting to see someone forget to ban that Twisted Fate. I just I just don't and, understand. And at least On can break out the jinx. Like, that's something. On has pocket picks, as far as the AD carry position goes, that Ugh. no one else has been able to successfully Ugh. bring out. God, I hate that Taiwanese jinx. They it's, are so good at that champion. It's really good! Holy crap. <laughs> it, is, it is scary. What I can't seem to comprehend, and this is something that is... is, is Maybe it's just me as a person. I don't understand how someone could be so god-awful at laning phase and not get punished for it in the slightest. Yeah, well... But the funny thing. Here's the funniest thing. Wait, how I could you say... You're a Dyrus fan. What the heck are you talking about? What he got the, punished for it, though. Not always. He would get punished when he got put behind. Not always, but most of the time. I never see Westor get punished for his laning deficiencies. Like to the extent of which should happen. But I do want to just list some names of people who have worse laning phases than Westor. Oh. Just, just off the cuff. It's not going to be a long list. Athena? <laughs> Athena, yeah. Athena. That's actually surprising, but yes. Crown. Okay. Senkux. And this is the one that really surprised me. Pawn. Huh. Pawn has a worse CS differential. It's only by a half a CS. It's six and a half for Westor and seven for Pawn. But then when you look at the gold differential, Westor is at minus 187 and Pawn is at minus... Uh, well, Pawn is actually ahead. He's at 217. Yeah, I just well, read that. So he has more gold. Yeah, like, well, AHQ is, is definitely a team that's built for the mid to late game. That's what the Taiwanese region does. Uh, and certainly they invest their resources in the Ziv because Ziv is the star player on an Albus... Are the I don't secondary get it. and Westor is the initiator, um, and his Malzahar is very good. 
Um, I, I think that he played very well in the two games. He's 2-0 and in this tournament. You know, it's it's one of those things where, like I said, I think as a TSM fan, you should understand the idea of a person on the team not getting a whole bunch of resources, but then coming back to be very helpful in the team's success. And there were a lot of TSM victories with a guy like Dyrus, so... I think it's a working strategy. I just I don't understand how people don't punish it harder because, like you said, there are times though that Dyer's got punished for that. Yeah, and he got really punished. Well, it's Malzahar, no, how's it punish Westor? I just don't get it. How do you punish a Malzahar in the first ten minutes? What, what's your ganking strategy when it, with his passive? I mean, good luck. I mean, have fun with it, I suppose. But like, I I don't know. Gonna, I just find it super bizarre. We need a line on this because we've we, we both agree that AHQ is the favorite. I want to know how much of a favorite you made him. Uh, I have AHQ at minus one seventy five. See, this is what this is what hurts me the most. I was expecting you to undersell them. I went AHQ minus one fifty because I just expect everybody to undersell them. Silly, silly chase. When we play this game, I have my own preconceived notions about things but i shut those off and i turn on the okay now i'm a casino boss well there and it, it worked this time around there we go because the actual line is minus 167 hey look means, at that yeah you are closer by a whole five points but that's the way it goes it who's underselling the lms it's, it, now it's closer to the pin look i i understand <laughs> as a general rule that people do not give the lms a whole bunch of credit this might not be the first time that this hurts me. Let's just keep going. H2K versus EDG. I think you've already made it clear. You don't have a lot of faith in, in H2K right now as a team. No. They need to go 2-1 and one if they were going to get out of this group, and they need AHQ to go 1-2 and two as a result. We can assume, perhaps, that they're both going to beat INTZ because INTZ really they struggling really need to beat hq they like desperately need to beat hq that's that's the game because even if it went the other way and somehow they beat edg but lost to ahq they would lose the tiebreaker yes tiebreaker yeah so that's the game that really matters but obviously if you're uh h2k and you lost that game you i, I guess your tournament's done yeah you lose that game you're done so this game could yep. be nothing to H2K. It either means everything to H2K because then it's just every win matters and they're even odds with AHQ and you know they want to battle for that tiebreaker, right? Yeah. Or this game means nothing. Forgiven is going to be cursing his teammates out in multiple languages, is my guess. Uh, and Yankos and Vander are just going to fall apart because that's what they do. So what, what's your prediction on this? Do, do we think this game is going to matter? No. Okay. I, I think they lose to AHQ and their their run at the World Championship is done. If it matters, what's their path? Like, if they find a way Oduwamne. to beat AHQ. Yeah, Oduwamne. Oduwamne. Beat up on Mouse. You have to go after Mouse. For, forgive it. It's not even Forgiven's fault. It's Vander's fault. I don't mm -hmm. think Vander can hold up to the death mako lane. I think Forgiven can. We saw, we saw in that game that Yankos immediately came bottom and got them a double kill and... He was able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Defton Lane. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the issue. Now, granted, he was on Ezreal versus a Jin. Yeah. It's a little bit easier matchup for the Ezreal. Like, okay, whatever. But he was able to match Def's aggression, but it was Vander. Vander was the one who got caught out. Mm -hmm. Vander was the one who was constantly eating Pope. Vander was the one that was the issue. Yeah. 
Yes. So fine. I I don't like. I feel like I'm forgiven fanboying, but that is the truth. You, that is the undisputable fact that when you watch that lane, that two v two, Vander is the one that is out of position. Vander is the one that's getting chunked out. Agreed. That's what happens. But and I H- say this is a-, a supposed forgiven hater, which is what I've been. I've been called several times in the past a hater on forgiven. Yep. I don't yep. like him as a as an individual on social media. I don't know him personally. But his play is, is great, and I don't think anyone can deny what he brings to the table. But I think that if your plan is, I'm going to beat Deft, good luck. Like, that's, that is a hard path to go down. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it, you're right. I think it does have to go through Odo Omne. I just haven't seen anything from Odo Omne in this tournament that makes me say, yes, let's pour resources into that guy. That's, that's the guy yeah. that's going to... But that, that's the thing. This is stereotypical Odo Omne. This is actually who Odoamne is. He is not the like hard carry top laner that showed up during the playoffs. Right. This is more what Odoamne is. The safe utility, peel for the team, play tanks, like we he needs to have the game of his life if they're gonna beat EDG. And I just don't see that happening. He hasn't played that way, so Yeah, I don't see it either. And for the record, he's gonna have to have the game of his life against AHQ as well, because Ziv is really, really good. And if Odoamne makes some mistakes or Yankos is late to gank, which he has been a little bit, you know, in this tournament. Yankos' pathing has been, I would say, worrying. And I say that as a Yankos fanboy because I still remember the Halkion days of the mm-hmm. the Rocket roster that almost made it to Worlds twice. But those days are 17 minutes. That's how long it took for the Rocket <laughs> reference. 17 minutes. Hey, I avoided it the first time we brought up H2K. I was proud of that. I had, it had to come true. up eventually. Um, where's the line for this walter uh i have it edg is going to uh bring out the mark of the beast and fully slay h2k i have it at edg minus 666 that that is you know fun fact that's not actually the number of the beast anymore which is kind of funny uh apparently it's 616 now it's not gonna ever change for me or you know metal rock but just a fun fact. You know, at least now you can say, even if you disagreed with our analysis, you learned something today. It isn't that what matters. I uh, I actually got this one. I said minus 600. It's minus 526. Feels a little low to me. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, That's I, very low. I mean, H2K at plus 350 still isn't something I want to do. No, but that's... Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Let's keep going. INTZ versus AHQ. This is a quick podcast. I, it's it's hard because I don't I don't really know what to say. One of the teams that's playing in three of these games is is not particularly good, <laughs> and one of the teams that's in three of these games should be particularly good. And so we we, we kind of are breezing through, but you know, there's not a lot to say. This is this is like the most straightforward group out of the three out of the four. Yeah. Like, this is really straightforward. Um, I, I unless it, it gets it gets really fun if H2K beats AHQ. And I say, you know, as a pure fan experience, that's when it gets fun. Because then we get the 3-3, we get the one-game tiebreaker, we get forgiven in a tiebreaker match, worlds or military service. Like, that's... <laughs> That's one heck of a game as far as stakes go. <laughs> Worlds or military service. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think like a Greek, like the Greek police are standing there at the edge of the stage. Like if you don't win this game, we're immediately taking you to the barracks. Like that's not. That's not what's happening. Like come on. I mean, it's not not what's happening. <laughs> it's not not. 
Someone who is at Worlds backstage, please tell me there's two Greek police officers that are standing there with their billy clubs like, you don't win this and you don't go to Chicago, you're coming home with us, boy. Like, it's mean, not happening. There's no way in hell that it's happening. <laughs> Obviously, H2K probably got him the exemption for the month, maybe even a little bit more. But remember, he is going into the Greek military service. He has said that he does not plan on skipping out. He's a very patriotic person is what has been the line, I believe. So this will be... It's not we're talking about. It's not... Well, what do you want to say about this game? I mean, look, you, if to beat AHQ, you need to be better than their top laner. Yang was not better than Ziv when they played last. I, the problem with uh, Yang is that as soon as you take away the Gnar, he just didn't have the ability to start fights for his team the same way. And unfortunately, Shen isn't really viable, which was the other thing that really got them through the, the wild card. So, I mean, really, the, the path to victory, right, is that Revolta would just outdo Mountain, which I'm not saying is not in play. That That is... That is your thing. You take a hard counter carry, you know, and just really counter jungle as much as possible as revolt, you know, in Revolta's shoes. You know, just try to steal as much of the jungle, force Mountain out to make subpar ganks for someone like Westor, who's just not built to get those kind of lane ganks. And then pretend that Macau and Jockstar are good enough to deal with On and Albus. But that's just, I mean, Am I missing something? Is is there some secret weakness to AHQ that you think puts this in play? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, their weakness is pretty pretty out front. Of Westdoor doesn't know how to lane, but it doesn't matter because he roams and gets a kill and gets all the gold and then yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, like you said, his laning is actually better than we expected. In the in the Taiwanese playoffs, he was averaging being down over ten and a half CS at ten minutes. This is much better than that. Um, yeah, that said, yeah. yes, he's been playing Malzahar, which... You, look, he's played even, two games on Malzahar. Like, even I, I can I wave clear on Malzahar, up. right? Yeah, like, you would I, think... <laughs> I love how we both had that thought at the exact same time. Uh, where do you see the line, Walter? Uh, I have AHQ at minus 500. See, you're going to get this one, and this, this one makes me upset. I'm upset by this. Yeah, I'm, weird. I'm not as upset by this as I am of the next line, but I just find it to be a bit strange. I said minus 400. It is minus 526. Mm. Mm. Why? Mm. What, since when? Like, we're not giving Taiwan that much respect against H2K. We're cert I mean, we're going to get to the EDG line, but... Why now? Like, why is this the game where we're like, yes, HQ going to blow these guys out of the water. Let's give them minus 500 and over. Like, this to me seems like a clear minus 400 game. Obviously not, because INTZ is not very good. HQ is... That's the theory. So this, this is Unicorn saying, no, the LMS is not a wild card region. Their LMS is actually a power region. It'd be like, well, that's not true, but okay. Two quarterfinalists of the two teams they said last year. That's all I'm going to say. Wild cards have never done that. And still would be much better to be a wild card than to be Europe, which is the next game, wild card versus Europe. If we were to look at the wild card records combined, they have a higher win percentage than H2K and, and all of Europe does. So that's something. Yeah. I mean, I, I yep. think we've agreed. We think H2K is the weaker team. 
there's a very good chance that this game is not relevant. Because if they lose to AHQ, their tournament is done. Right. Do we expect, like, could this be the game where Forgiven says, this is my last game of Professional League of Legends. I am going to get 40 kills. Yep. Like, I'm just going to sit at their base. Even if we, like, get down the neck, like, the inhibitor, I'm just going to sit at their base and spawn kill them until they stop me. Just to get as many kills as possible. Yeah. No, absolutely. This is his 81-point game. This will be his. This will be his eighty-one point Kobe game. Absolutely, absolutely. Do not gamble against H2K in this game. Yeah, and, and against Macau too. I mean, it's it's just this is seems to be perfectly lined up for the. Oh man, you know, you thought for the last you know four games in a row that maybe Forgiven was slipping. Oh no, here he is. Here He's he going to get the first Penta of Worlds in this game. It's. I mean, it's, it's in, in play. play. I I could see Rocks Tigers getting a penta against a team like Albus Knox Luna. So I I'm not sure I'm ready to go there yet. Smeb could do it on a five man cannon ult because apparently he just lands those like it's you know, like it's nothing. But yeah, it's certainly in play. I expect Forgiven to pop off. I expect INTZ to have no answer to it. So where's the line, Walter? Uh, my line, I have H2K at minus 475. Okay, so here's why this is the dumbest line of the week. So... Because <laughs> you got it wrong? Well, I mean, I got it wrong, but I, I, was, I got all of the, uh, the INTZ lines wrong, if, you, if you've noticed a trend here. I yeah. clearly overestimated them. I, I thought that the fact that they got a win, the fact that Brazil has gotten two, you know, two wins at the last Worlds, one win at the Worlds before, INTZ took it of all teams against EDG, that we were going to give them a little bit of respect. Apparently not. So, you know, I went to minus 320, you went to minus 475. We both adjusted according to the logarithmic scale based on what we thought they were going to say about INTZ. I am right. fine with that. I knew as soon as I lost the first one that I was going to lose all three of the INTZ lights. However, the actual line is H2K minus 588. Okay. Which is higher than the AHQ versus INTZ line, despite the fact that AHQ is favored over H2K. Okay. Why? Why does, what, what makes sense about that? Why is H2K more likely to be INTZ than AHQ? But still a clear underdog against AHQ. What is the logic behind this? Is is it just because we're gonna give Forgiven the it is his last game before military service bump? Is that a bump? Is that a thing that we can point to as a thing casinos do? I didn't know that was a thing. I I, I don't know. I can't I can't argue that. Um, other than INTZ is not supposed to be favored in this game, and this should be a pretty high line. No, they should be they favored. They lost their other two games. So. Min- minus four seventy five, given what we saw from the first line, would have made a lot of sense. I think your line should have been, you know, exactly or very close. Minus five eighty eight. Like you're a hundred points off, and I think the line is a hundred points off from where it should be. Unfortunately, again, logarithmic scale, it's only INTZ plus 375. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I would not bet against Forgiven in his last game before military. Oh, service. absolutely not. That's, that's not a thing Absolutely not. And the INTZ game is going to matter too much to AHQ. That's the thing. Like, we talked about Albus Knox. Like, there's a chance that they get eliminated early. Like, they can just go ham. Uh, you know, G2, I said in the last podcast, could certainly go ham. By the time you're listening to this, you know whether we were right or wrong. Uh, so 
you'll be telling me right now, why are you talking about these things that clearly did or did not happen? Um, mm -hmm. It's because through the magic of editing, we've actually <laughs> recorded this before those games. Shh, um, don't, no, don't. I know. Why? I, I why would you break the magic? This is like this is like telling people there's like a tunnel system under Disneyland and there's eight different people who play Mickey Mouse. Like Santa's real, folks. Wait. The Easter Bunny's real. Tooth Fairy's <laughs> real. That's all. That all exists. That is all all real. I actually like, didn't know about the uh, the tunnel system underneath Disneyland. That's the, see, we're giving you so you've many fun the facts today. Ever documentary on Disney? Ever? No. Have you never had a friend who interned at Disney? No. You've I, never had one of those stupid BuzzFeed articles come up that's like, the most interesting facts about Disney. No? no? To be honest, the, the closest I got was when I went to an ex-girlfriend's uh, family Thanksgiving <laughs> celebration for reasons that even I cannot understand looking back on it. And there was a girl who worked at Disney, and I talked for her for about 90 seconds before she got distracted by something else. And that is the extent of what I know about Disney. So what I know is that she enjoyed working there. That's my knowledge of Disney. Sorry. Disney has a massive tunnel system underneath it. Look, yep. we're giving, we're just giving away fun facts. There's not a lot of analysis here. There are, there's not a lot to say about these games, but the fun facts just keep on rolling. We're Absolutely. here for you people. Absolutely. Uh, AHQ versus EDG. This was totally not stalling because there's nothing to say about this game either. Uh, HQ EDG. I mean... You know, I've asked this question about every team that EDG plays. What's the path? I mean, we know EDG. Mouse. Yeah. It's Mouse. That's the path. It's go after Mouse and hope that Clearlove um, is Clearlove and picks a farming juggler like Graves, which teams need to stop picking because he is not good. No. He's it's... not a good champion right now unless you're going to bring a bunch of CC from your support and from your top laner, which that doesn't seem to be in Mouse's wheelhouse. No. And that doesn't seem to be the meta right now. So, and yeah, it's going to be Mouse. Mouse. Keep sticking to this Aurelia pick. How do you feel about his Aurelia? This is, this is an actual... Let's get analytical for a moment because we haven't for the entire entirety of this podcast. Do you think this Aurelia... Is this the right move for EDG? I mean, obviously in this game, they went uh, when they played before against AHQ, they went for the Poppy because it was safer. Mm -hmm. And they did not want Mouse to be the reason that they lost the game. I expect mm -hmm. them to do the same. But at the same time, they've really, really liked this Aurelia pick. Aurelia doesn't win lane against any of the top five top laters that have been played. I guess it's okay into Rumble, but other than that, like it's a comfort pick for him. Mm -hmm. It's just that that's I, I was listening to Kelsey Moser on on one of the other talk shows, mm -hmm. and that's what she said. It's just a comfort pick. He's he likes the champion. He's he is comfortable on the champion. Yeah. I, mean, I have nothing else to say other than, like, yeah, I don't know why they keep playing it other than, like, he just likes the champion. Yeah, I, it, you know, and, and there's something to be said about that. I can't praise people for having pocket picks in one sense and then, you know, get mad at Mouse for playing Aurelia with the other. That's That would be uh, yeah. hypocritical. And obviously I've never been like that on this podcast. Absolutely sure not. You cannot find a single example where you to look them up sure. of me contradicting sure. myself. But it's... Uh, it's one of those things where I think that there actually is a way for AHQ to really improve upon the last game. You look at their draft from last time, uh, Ash on to on, Zillion in the mid lane with Chawi. Like, that's not how they play. 
Even Ziv, they put on the Rumble, which is a good pick, but it's not a hard carry pick. I don't, I don't know who their primary carry was supposed to be in that game. Maybe Olaf. Yeah, that's, I think it was supposed to be Mountain on Olaf. I yeah, think that was what they were hoping for. Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> I've watched enough LMS to know that if Mountain is your win condition, you done goofed. You need to you go back goofed. to the pick ban phase and start over. Like just, just done like, like that's when you should be calling like someone for Riot and like hoping that they do not realize that you actually locked this in. Like that would be a fireable offense in my in an honest opinion. I I don't get it. I don't get what their plan was there. But I don't think they do that again. I I think the the way you beat EDG, you have to be willing to come at them. You have to be willing to take a shot. Much like, you know, like I said for INTZ, when you're the underdog, take a risk, take an extra shot, you know, play some aggressive champions, play the kind of champions that Ziv's been doing really well with in every other matchup. You know, play the kind of mid laner that can actually do some real damage in a team fight. Because resurrecting a Rumble or a, a, an Ash is not doing anything for you. And please, do not put on on Ash. It's not what he does. He's not a utility AD carry. He likes Jinx. He likes those kinds of high damage output AD carries. Play to your strengths. That's all you have against a team like EDG. Walter, where do you think this line is? Well, well. Speaking of Don Goof, did you know that Goofy's original name was Dippy Dog? I did not know that. I looked it up because I just wanted to give out more Disney trivia. Yeah, That's there you go. Good. He's also gone by James Boyd. <laughs> I love how Group A is the group of WWE references, and Group C has become the Disney episode. I just can't wait to see what Group D becomes. It's That'll be some hardcore analysis. Right there. Yeah, hardcore and group D <laughs> is just really you just put some words together. I'm sure there's a pun somewhere that we're not allowed to say in front of our sponsors. Where's the line, Walter? I have EDG at minus five fifty. Okay, and this is where I redeem myself. I I, I get the point here. I wow. said EDG minus four hundred. It's okay. minus four fifty four. Okay. Um, that means overall you win today, but I maintain a one point lead. In this uh, in this competition of ours, uh, the line the, the underdog line is AHQ plus three hundred. If we were gonna recommend an underdog line, I guess it'd be that one. You know, it it, it would be hard if AHQ somehow loses to H two K. That line is gonna shoot up, and it'll be a must win game for AHQ. And EDG will already have you know been locked in, so it's in play. Uh, it's in play as a potential upset line. Depending on how you think the rest of the day is going to go out, you can decide whether you want to grab it now at plus 300. Yeah. I think it happens like 30% of the time, you know, 35% of the time. I, I I think that EDG is clearly the favorites, but I don't think yeah. that they're so clearly ahead, especially when you look at the fact that AHQ's strength is EDG's weakness. If <laughs> AHQ realizes this fact, which did not happen last time, but if they do, then we could be in a good place. Um, but hopefully this podcast put you guys in a good place <laughs> and you enjoyed it and you enjoyed all the Disney trivia and everything else. Sorry, it's a little light on analysis. I, I don't know what to There's say. There's not a lot to say about this group. It's, it's very clear. EDG's the best team. AHQ's the, the worst. Next. ITZ is the worst, and H2K is like, if they play up to their potential, maybe they come back, but I just, I don't see it happening because Odo Omne has settled back into who he is, which is a, a kind of mediocre 
top laner. Exactly. A safe, and, mediocre top laner. And that's just not going to make it happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's at least one thing that we do know, and it's that more podcasts are going to be coming your way. Go to soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts, or you can search on uh, iTunes. If you search on the podcast section, you search Rough Drafts there. Uh, you'll be able to get uh, all of our episodes, including the ones that will be coming out uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, where we will guess the lines before uh, Group D and Group uh, B's matches, respectively. Uh, so if you enjoyed this, you're going to want to come back for those. Make sure you subscribe. You can also subscribe on YouTube if you enjoy actually seeing our faces, putting a face to the analysis that you either love or absolutely despise. Uh, you should absolutely uh, go to uh, YouTube.com, search Rough Drafts Podcast, uh, and, uh, and, and make that a thing. We really appreciate your subscriptions on all this stuff. We read every comment you guys leave. It means a lot to us. We love interacting with you guys. I'm going to try a little bit harder to try to respond to some more YouTube comments because I noticed there were a few that kind of slipped past me the other day, and I, I want to respond more to that. But, uh, of course, you can also directly interact with us on social media. At uh, Rough Drafts Pod is where we do all of our live tweeting. So if you like live tweeting and you want to hear what we think as the games are going on, uh, especially, you know, there's a good chance if H2K beats AHQ for some really bittersweet uh, LMS tiers, you're going to want to follow that. Uh, you're also going to want to follow our personal social media accounts. If you're on YouTube, you can already see them, but for the lovely folks that are listening to the MP3, uh, Walter, where can the nice people find you? You guys can find me teaching you more just weird Disney trivia and giving you WWE references at C80s underscore LOL. Uh, and you can find me at Red Shirt King. And tomorrow, as we said, it's Group D time. Today was a little bit light on analysis. Tomorrow will be a battle of analysis. Uh, I can't wait. And until then, goodbye, Internet.